welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. Hello, hello, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, those of you who are paying close attention probably noticed that I have been out for wow, a week and a half, um, or thereabouts. Uh, I, uh, you know, sometimes on occasion, I will tell a little bit of personal information. In this situation, I think uh, those of you who have been paying close attention deserve a tiny bit of uh, news on the uh, why it's been a while front. Uh, I am getting a little bit older. I'm not old yet, uh, but I had a little surprise uh, that absolutely affected me physically. Um Never experienced anything like this. I'm still battling it to a degree. Uh, but I got uh, what they call shingles. Uh, you know, I, I'm not really big on sharing personal information. Uh, but I, I'm going to tell you, uh, shingles absolutely sucks. If you have ever experienced it, man, my heart goes out to you. It is brutal. Uh, the amount of pain is is ridiculous. Um you know, it attacks the nerve uh, that comes out of your spine, and you know it can be anywhere on on your spine. Uh, mine, luckily, was down a little bit lower, so it didn't affect my my head and my neck. Um, and they say that that's a good thing uh, because you know it doesn't. You know, I was never really at risk of losing vision or hearing or anything like that, uh, but. It still sucked and it still stinks. Uh, truth is, uh, I still have winces of pain uh, probably a couple hundred times a day would be my guess. It's it's like getting, uh, for those of you who, <laughs> I said this to my wife, it was, it was kind of comical. Uh, I said, you know, it's kind of like if you touch an electric fence, only it comes unpredictably. It's not like I see my hand going. Even if you go to touch an electric fence and you know it's coming, it still feels like a surprise a little bit. Uh, and uh, this is no different, yeah, it, except I can't anticipate it ever, like at all. So it's pretty odd. Uh, never experienced anything like it. Uh, my wife laughed at me when I told her that story because she's like, no, I've never touched an electric fence. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, good point. Uh, I said, the dog collar, maybe? <laughs> she was like, no. So... Uh, for those of you who don't understand, just know it's a surprise electrical shock, and it's quite odd. So it took me out of commission in some ways. The hard part was sitting up. Uh, I was I was able to continue working for the most part, um, but I I really had to get into certain positions and then hold it <laughs> so that I would get less shocks. Um, it was, it was pretty interesting though. So there you go. Enough personal information. Uh, let's move on. I am getting busier and busier and busier uh, between my private practice, uh, my contract with a, a, a telehealth company, and 
also with uh, things like rotary, um, just, you know, family stuff. So I think I'm going to be restructuring my podcast. Now I have a huge foundation for people to pick from. So you'll, you'll not be lacking, unless you've followed me all from the beginning, you're not going to be lacking for content. There's plenty of content. Uh, but I am right now currently debating whether I want to go to a two times a week or a three times a week podcast. I may make it a little bit longer uh, on, on certain circumstances. Um, and it does allow me the opportunity to do bonus segments if something does strike that I, I'm like, wow, I could take a, a, a clinical perspective on this, this sudden uh, news, this sudden uh, issue. And so I'm going to switch probably to either twice a week or three times a week now that there is so much content. Uh, obviously, the only exception at this point, I think, that could convince me otherwise is, uh, you know, if somebody were to pick me up uh, and, you know, try to uh, make me uh, uh, more of a thing. Uh, but right now, even still, uh, I'm not really making money on this thing at all. Uh, I'm doing it because I want to help people. Uh, and if that changes, then maybe I can reconsider. But I, I got to make sure I prioritize things correctly, just like I teach all of you in my podcasts. So I'm going to be making an adjustment. Now, on to the podcast. Thanks for my little five-minute detour. Uh, the, the, the topic for today is I'm going to hit some media distortions. I'm going to give you uh, some different ones, but I'm going to go into depth with one of them. So I'm going to talk to you. I'm, here's some highlights, some media distortions, and then I'm going to go ahead and highlight the one in depth. So there's, uh, you know, every political um, cycle, let's say, every political cycle. So we're coming up on, you know, November where we're going to have a vote. We see distortions within the media and it's so common that we just kind of take it for granted that people see right through it. And the truth is a lot of people don't see right through it. So I'm going to just point some of that out. Here's one crime. Crime becomes a thing when it benefits uh, the media outlets and politicians. Crime becomes not a thing if it doesn't benefit media outlets and politicians. That's a truth that when you look at what happens, you've got, you know, Democrats and Republicans and they have different issues that they lean more heavily on. And when certain things happen in the news, they get highlighted or they get shoved aside. They get pushed aside because it would not benefit or it would benefit a particular group of people. Now, I'm not saying it's right. Matter of fact, I don't think it's right. I, I would love for media to just tell the stories and let the people do what the people do. Uh, I, I would hope that most people would distill it and make good decisions based on not emotions, but emotions and thoughts. It's the idea of the head and the heart working together, which many of you have heard me talk about. So crime. Crime is, you know, at the forefront at times, um, right now, it's at the forefront because you, right now it helps the Republican Party. So they're pushing it really, really hard in, in the media. Uh, Second Amendment being under attack. Is that a distortion or a reality? Well, 
maybe a little bit of both. Uh, let's be real. Uh, go ahead and attack the Second Amendment. See what happens. Our country, those who follow any relevant history of our country, understand that the Second Amendment was the Second Amendment because of the importance that it has within the bearing of the country as a whole. People in the beginning and even today have to be able to defend the right to protect their themselves, their family, their property, because that is an integral part in the pursuit of happiness. And at the end of the day, you know, if, if it goes under attack to the extent that some people would like to attack it and others are assuming it's going to be attacked, um, if it does, the truth is, you know, we'll, we'll end up with a major issue because truthfully, people won't stand for that. And a lot of people have weapons. That leads to this third one, another media distortion, that guns kill people. Guns do not kill people. People kill people. The, the easiest way to explain, and I know people out there are probably irritated with me already. And hang in there. Uh, you know, as always, I'm going to try to create perspective. I'm not necessarily going to tell you what you have to believe or anything like that. But perspective is important. If I set a loaded gun on my porch, it would harm nobody. Zero people would be harmed by my gun until a person picked it up and used it. You know, I, I'm not going to have a moose come onto my porch and shoot somebody. They, they don't. I'm not going to have a bear come onto my porch and shoot somebody because they don't. The gun has to be used by a person. The person can be old or young, can be any color, any gender. A person can use a gun to hurt themselves or somebody else. But a gun by itself, it doesn't go around shooting people. So the idea that guns kill people, uh, that's, a, that's a flawed way of thinking. And what it does is it takes the responsibility away from people. And to be honest, people, some people should not have that responsibility. And those are teased out with different laws that protect us. You know, if you're a felon, you shouldn't have a gun. Okay, great. That's, that's good. You know, if felons don't have guns or they shouldn't have guns. But taking that responsibility away, I think of it like this. When you were in high school and they said, no gum, no hats or something like that, right? Because a couple of people ruined it for everybody. Did you think that that was right and fair and justified? I, I hope not. Because, you know, yes, some people are going to ruin it for others. I, I get it. And, and in mass quantity, yeah, if, you know, 75% of the people are ruining it for all of them, and, you know, it's a terrible, horrible behavior, then maybe we take a look at that and say, okay, well, let's put a law in place so that it doesn't happen or a rule or whatever. But if two or three people are trying to ruin it for everybody, deal with the two or three people and leave the rest alone. I mean, it's really that simple. We would do that with gum or hats and stuff in school, right? Um, it's the idea that, you know, we shouldn't punish all for the acts of a few. We should punish the few for the acts of those few. Okay. Um, 
another uh, media distortion. This is, this is always a fun one because it highlights both sides' distortions when it comes to uh, political content. Remember, uh, I'll do this later on, but culture, culture is made up of politics, economics, religion, and all of these other components. Culture is not a subcategory of politics. I happen to use a lot of political uh, narratives as a way of getting people's attention to the actual content that is creating culture, right? But remember, by no means am I saying that culture is a subcategory of politics. It's the other way around. And anybody who doesn't believe that, um, you should go do a little bit of research, to be honest, because uh, culture, culture is made up of all of these subcategories. All right. So I'm going to hit Trump. Evidence suggests that Trump is selfish. Yep. That is, that is not a distortion. You, we look at it. How many times has he been sued? How many businesses has he had? And how much money has he made? And how much money has he given away? And you know, yes, can he be selfless at times? Yeah, but I would say much of the time it's self-serving selflessness, which is still selfish. Um, I don't hate Trump or love Trump. Uh, I, I, I hope I, I, I pray that I see him accurately. Uh, but do I think he is evil? Uh, probably not. He's probably not evil. He's probably not going out of his way to harm people. Uh, you know, people want you to believe that he is either uh, selfless or that he is evil. And neither of those are probably completely true. I mean, I don't know the guy personally, but at the end of the day, as I look at it, I'm going, well, he's, selfless does not necessarily fit. And evil, well, that also doesn't fit. So what does that mean? I mean, that means he's a typical person with flaws. Uh, his flaws, you know, tend toward, you know, as, as a, a diagnostic criteria would go, they tend toward narcissistic tendencies. Um, do I believe that he's narcissistic? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know him, so it's hard to see it. And, and let's be real. I'm dealing with these media distortions. So how am I going to be able to tell from this distance? It's going to be pretty hard for me to tell. Uh, do I think that he does good? Yes. Do I think that he does things that are uh, not healthy for other people sometimes? Yes. Um, I mean, look at his story. He, he's been in the public eye for so long. But to say he's all evil or all selfish or all selfless is just distortion. Okay. The final one I'm going to get to, and this is something that I'm, I'm going to highlight very specific media distortion because it is so unbelievably clear if you listen with the intent to hear the message. You don't have to be anybody special to pick this up. On October the 19th, uh, there was uh, a podcast done by The Daily. Now, The Daily is a left-leaning uh, podcast, and they, you know, as a result, you know, some of you are going to be like, oh, he's a Republican, he's a right-leaning, or he's, you know, okay. I mean, you, you assume what you want to assume. Here's what I'm going to tell you. On the 19th, when they did their podcast, uh, they 
they went into something and their distortion was highlighted throughout the podcast. And I'm going to explain. Here's the distortion. The distortion is this. You can only fathom something if you are that something. This holds zero water clinically. Zero. You can only understand what it means to be a man if you're a man. You can only understand what it means to be a woman if you're a woman. You can only, yes, there are aspects of it that you cannot fully understand. I get that. But it's a distortion to say that you can only understand the, uh, the, the black narrative or the white narrative if you are that thing. Well, uh, that's a problem. It, what it does, I'm going to give you the punchline, what it does is it excludes empathy from the equation completely. Well, human beings are amazing. You are amazing. You can empathize with somebody who you cannot fully understand. Weird. So when they tell you, essentially, well, they actually come out at one point and directly say it. I'll get to it. When they tell you, you cannot fathom something unless you are that something. You cannot represent someone unless you are exactly like them. What that means is, unfortunately, in some ways, the daily is perpetuating things like racism, uh, you know, uh, sexism, and all of that other isms. Okay, the other isms that might exist because what they're saying is you can't understand it unless you're it. And that's false. That's absolutely false when you add in empathy. And empathy, yes, is going down. You can go back and listen to one of my favorite podcasts that I did on Twitter, uh, where I did I did diagnosing Twitter. I believe it was it was the tail end of August because that was my experiment time. So it would have been probably the 29th, 30th, something like that. Yes, empathy is going down in our culture, but it doesn't have to. Empathy can be taught and learned. So here's the story. On the 19th of October, when the Daily did this podcast, or at least dropped the podcast, here's the story they told. California politics and the social breakdown. That's what they did their podcast on. People resigned because of racist comments. So it's all under this guise of people made some comments that were racist and they, they ended up resigning. Okay, so on the face of it, that seems really good. I, I mean, I, I, I am not a proponent of racism. So I'm thinking, hey, you know, this is good. This is interesting. And I start, you know, as I'm listening, I start thinking, wait a minute, what is their point? Because if the point is about racism, why are they being racist? So here it goes. The Daily proceeds to take on the issue of racism by framing it as a representation issue politically. That's what they did. They chose to link it, which, you know, great. I, I create links all the time. I'm going, all right. So representation, uh, racism, and it was because some political representatives were the ones being racist. Okay, so I see the connection. They highlight the influx of what they, they term Latinos in LA. And they said, quote, overtaking all 
the groups. That was their quote. They said the Latinos in LA are overtaking. They say it's more than 50% of the population, some would suggest. And well, we don't have great data. Why? Because, well, there's, you know, there's a whole bunch that we have to consider there, right? We have to consider, uh, you know, the movement of people, how many were there, how many are gone. Uh, we have to consider uh, whether, you know, they are registering because there are legal and illegal uh, immigration patterns that are affecting the, uh, the, the data. Uh, so there's a lot to consider there. So they say it's close to 50% and some people think it's more. All right. There are 15 council seats in LA, 15. And what they present is how many should Latinos have? Then they go on to say they only have four. Okay. And would you do the math? That's about a quarter. That's about 25, a little over 25%. And you're going, huh? And what they're presenting to people is the idea that the representation should match the population. Of course, this is really naive and foolish because at the end of the day, let's say um, there's, you know, 50% Latinos and, you know, none of them want to run because they are absolutely... You know, either they don't understand the politics, they don't want to understand the politics, they don't want to be involved in politics, they don't want their family exposed to the politics. There's, it's too much work. Um, it's, you know, they have other things that are better. They're making a fortune doing something else and they don't want to give that up. Like there could be a bazillion reasons just like anybody else. Why? Because Latinos are just like everybody else. So, I listen further. If their share on the council corresponds to their share in the population, well, that would suggest there should be seven or eight. Well, they directly said that. There are a half a dozen, as they put it, white council members, which means six. And that is also disproportionate because they only represent 28% of the population. So... Uh, let's see, how far off is that? Not as far off as they wanted to represent it. Why would you say a half a dozen? Why not just say six? Because then people are smart and they can do the math. They can go, oh, that's probably about 35, 40%. And that's not grossly out of proportion. But hey, I digress. Let's move on. At minute 19 and seconds 27 to minute 20 and seconds 02. So in that three, about two and a half minute segment, they say their tagline, the number of representatives on the council should be basically proportional to the demographic makeup of the city. False. That is assuming a whole lot, a whole lot. So what the Daily wants you to believe is that they're coming to the aid of the Latinos in L.A. Let's be real. I, I, in my history, my own personal history of working with uh, a, a lot of different populations, would say that that means that the Daily thinks that Latinos are victims and Latinos are not victims. The assumption they state is then justified by this quote. There are also more black council members than the black share. 
8.8% of the population is black and they make up 20% of the council. So what they're saying is they're, they're putting on a show is what's happening. They're putting on a show saying, we're not racist, we're not racist. And the whole time they are showing that they are being racist. That is the unfortunate reality of this podcast this particular day. They turn it to Latinos are the victims and that misrepresentation is, is happening because of blacks and whites. Um, okay, so what you're saying is you don't want to be racist, but you're going to put on a show that you aren't racist while all the time being racist and pointing your finger at blacks and whites. Um, that's racist. I mean, it doesn't get any clearer than that, people. So here were my clinical questions, because as you know, this is a clinical podcast. My clinical questions are, do you have to be something to empathize with it? And the answer is really simple. No, you do not. Let me explain. I am married. Do I have to I don't know, not be married to understand what it would be like to be, you know, in my 40s and not married. Um, no, I can empathize with a person sitting in front of me who is not married and in their 40s. I can imagine based on their story what it might feel like, sound like, be like. Will I empathize perfectly? No, but can I empathize? Yes. Do I have to be trans for a, a, a while? I mean, define how long, I don't know, uh, a month, uh, a year in order to understand what it's like to be trans. Can I understand what their, the, the struggle of somebody who is trans might be like by listening and engaging in a conversation with somebody who is trans? In other words, empathy. I would say yes. Do I have to be atheist to know what it's like to be atheist? Or Christian to know what it's like to be Christian? Or a cheater to know what it's like to be unfaithful? Do I have to be male to know what it's like to be male? Female to know what it's like to be female? Jewish to be Jewish? Racist to be racist? Evil to be evil? Dumb to be dumb? And so on and so on. The answer to all of those is no. And the reason why is empathy. I may not empathize perfectly, but it is one of those areas where we get credit for effort. Somebody can tell when we truly care about the person that's in front of us, the person we're visiting with, because we are giving empathy to their story. We are attempting to understand it as best we know how. And will we do it perfectly? No. But does that mean I can't represent somebody who is different than me? Of course not. I could represent somebody who is different than me when it comes to politics or economics or some of those other things. I could. Will I represent them perfectly? I mean, even if I were just like them, I probably wouldn't represent them perfectly. So this whole media distortion that you have to be something to understand it, to, uh, you know, to represent it is a big fat lie. It's a lie. 
what they are doing is telling you, you can't when what they should be doing is helping you understand how you can. But hey, that would be an agenda too. So let's let them not do that because they're distorting anyway. And let me do that. You can empathize with somebody who is not just like you. If I had a representative in my town who was not just like me, maybe they were female, maybe they were African-American, maybe they were, uh, I don't know, a, a different religion, maybe they had a different economic status, and yet I knew them well enough to know that they cared about me as a person. I could see a situation where I'd go, yeah, no, I'm, I'm voting for them. I'm going to vote for them because they actually give a crud about me. They empathize with me. Therefore, when they get there in the office, they will consider people who are more like me as well. That doesn't mean only people who are like me, but people who are also like me. So why does the daily paint Latinos as victims? I just, that's a question, a clinical question I have. Why would the daily paint Latinos as victims? When it perpetuates the cycle of racism. Why would they do that? That seems, I don't know, wrong probably? I mean, that's the word that comes to my mind. I I know, I'm a clinician. I probably shouldn't be so judgmental. I hear you out there. Like, I get it. But that doesn't seem right to me to perpetuate the cycle of racism. They are not victims. They are strong, resilient, valuable, unique. Just because, you know, we're dealing with Latinos doesn't mean they're all one category of people. Let's be real. The, uh, the people that I have known who were, I mean, uh, of, of different nationality, whether it be they came out of Mexico or out of Canada or, or from, you know, Spain or, you know, other, other countries. Yeah, they're, they're, there's not one of them that is exactly the same. You can't assume that they're all the same. It's ridiculous and racist. So here are my takeaways. Um, one, I want to be really clear. I don't hate the daily. Uh, do I think they have a blind spot? Absolutely. Do I think that they perpetuate racism? In this particular podcast, yes. In others, no. So the takeaways are pretty simple. Justifying an assumption is called confirmation bias. Each and every one of you and me, I got to do this too, have to be really careful because we want to be right. I want to be right. But we cannot let this get in the way of reality and truth. Somewhere in the daily, somebody wanted to highlight that the Latinos in LA are victims. I, that's not reality. It's just not reality. If the Latinos are victims, they will stand up for themselves. They will because they can. There are certain classes of people that cannot protect themselves. Being Latino, it's not one of those classes. It would be people who are children. It would be people who are like elderly, 
you know, that are being stolen from stuff like they can't, they can't necessarily protect themselves because they're, they're old. Right. And I'm not talking about the old and capable. I'm talking about the old and incapable people maybe have dementia, stuff like that. The mentally handicapped, right. The physically handicapped are potential, potential, uh, classifications that may be, um, victims. Those people need to be protected in the ways that would be helpful. If they're physically handicapped, but not mentally handicapped, you don't need to protect their psyche. You need to protect them from physical abuse or, or, or limitations. Say like if there's not handicapped parking, you know, hey, let's protect them. Let's make sure that they have a safer route to get into the store or whatever. But Latino, that doesn't mean you're a victim. I have not once met a Latino that says, I am the victim. I'm, nobody I've met from Mexico says, I am the victim. N- that's been my experience. Man, I mean, maybe it's distorted. And I, I don't know. The, uh, the hundreds, if not thousands of people that I have worked with are, are not telling me the truth. It's possible. I mean, I have to be open to that idea. Although I don't think it's likely. Number two, understanding empathy is important and underestimating it is foolish. Empathy by design connects people. Taking it away disconnects people. So why would the daily want to disconnect us? They have a bigger narrative of some sort. You have to figure out what their narrative is. Not my place to tell you what I, uh, I think I know in all situations. You have to decide what their narrative is. Right? And I can look at the facts of the situation. They are perpetuating racism. That's a reality, whether they like it or don't like it, whether that's their intent or not their intent. So know that disconnecting people is dangerous. It's dangerous. We don't want to disconnect people from other people. It can create major rifts between groups. And we don't like that from a clinical standpoint. Number three, don't let anyone tell you you're a victim. No matter what your race, your gender, your religion, don't let people tell you you're a victim and accept it. Please don't accept that you're a victim. You are not a victim. Now, this doesn't mean you can't be a victim at certain times in your life. If you are, uh, you know, your home is burglarized, you're a victim in that situation. But you don't have to remain a victim. You uh, are are, uh, molested as a child. You were the victim. You don't have to remain the victim. You also don't have to become a perpetrator. You can choose to become something that is healthy. Now, is it hard? For sure. When you've been the victim many, many times, is it hard to not take on the identity of the victim? Yes, but you can. Number four, connect with people. And specifically, connect with people you don't agree with. That is where empathy is grown. That's where love can become a bigger, more valuable thing in our culture. So connect with people who don't see the world like you do. Please connect with people. Those are my four takeaways. I know I came at it pretty hard today. Uh, Look, those of you who have been following me, you understand uh, that I'm, I'm just trying to help create perspective. 
I'm not telling you you're bad or you're evil if you didn't catch this or if you see it different than me. Matter of fact, engage with me. I'm open to that. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives.com with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives, make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.com. 